Is this not DFS in a nutshell? This has happened to me every single time. Every single time I play light, my lineup goes absolutely nuts. I just, I've been on a cold stretch, you know, I've been catching every single bad break. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to play lighter tonight. Um, and sure enough, I'm like a point away from winning $100,000 in the showdown. And my, my main slate lineup does really, really well, too, even with D'Angelo Russell bust. It, it's insane. We'll recap in a sec, but um, welcome, guys. My name is DK. We're going to be talking about the two-game uh, DFS slate in this video. I also make content for Prospect No House Advantage. Um, no House Advantage, they are the sponsor of this video. If you guys are not on No House Advantage, I would recommend getting on it. It's a player prop site where you can play for uh, pick'em style or you can play versus the house. Um, I'll have a link in the description below, but you can use the code DKDFS for 100% match up to $100. My recommendation is take advantage of all that free money. Uh, I do it with all the sports books with these DFS sites. So if you're not on it, try it out. Um, also, slightly different payout structures from uh, sites like Prize Picks and Underdog. Um, and then if you guys are looking for more in-depth content for DFS or for Prize Picks, you can check my Patreon linked in the description. All right, so let's recap those lineups, right? It's just unreal. Unreal. I was sweating this showdown, man. So close. And if Reeves, oh my gosh. I so only three other people had my lineup in the large field tournament. But I tied with another set of lineups. So it says I tied with like nine people, but only three other people had my lineup. Um, this was another lineup that had GP2, Peyton DiVincenzo with LeBron. Um, and I had two stars with Draymond Reeves and then Schroeder Lonnie Walker. Um, and, and Austin Reeves, they inbounded it to him. I was like, just follow him, please. So they follow Austin Reeves, and he, he makes it like one free throw. I would have won like three grand. But no, they decided just to not follow and just wind out the clock. It's like, are you serious, man? So still, though, $18 into almost 600 No complaints. Like I said, it was a sweat for a bit. Um, I thought I had a realistic shot of, with, with uh, three other people duping me, it would have been about $40,000. Um, so, yeah, that. And then also, I was sweating a prize picks 25x. Um, almost hit that. Uh, we had three hits and three pushes. So, um, that was really, really close. So, it was a phenomenal night overall. But, um, yeah, it's just so typical, right? I play light on the showdown. I play light on the main slate. And my lineup goes crazy. It's just like... Here's my main site lineup. Again, I had the D-Low bust, um, but uh, he was pretty popular. Uh, I was went right back to Austin Reeves, who was who played well. Um, I played Low Owen Struess and Bam. They absolutely smashed. Wiggins was a bit disappointing. I got to Steph Curry. Um, he was sub forty percent. Obviously, went insane. And then Lonnie Walker low ownership. I was debating him versus Gary Payton. Ended up going Lonnie Walker. Paid off. And then Draymond Green to round out the lineup. So. Um, was a really, uh, really good day overall. Hoping to keep that going for this slate. And uh, yeah, let's talk about it. So Philly-Boston's the first game here. On the Philadelphia side, we saw kind of condensed rotations for both teams. Um, you know, you're, you're going to see huge mitts for these main guys. Joel Embiid, James Harden. In a competitive game, I expect around 40 mitts from both. We saw 41 mitts in regulation from Embiid last game. Harden went absolutely insane in 42 mitts in regulation. Um, 8.8K for Harden, 9.7K for Embiid. I still don't think either are going to be super popular. The reason I say that is I think the stars in the late game will be will get more ownership. Guys like Jokic and Murray and Booker and KD. But that doesn't mean you can't play these Philadelphia guys. We just saw a massive ceiling game from Harden going for almost 80 fantasy points. 
and Embiid going for uh, almost 60. So I like both Philly stars. I would say both are more tournament plays, though, for me. There's a little bit of Blauris in this game, about a 7.5 point spread, but those two I like. I think they'll be lower owned than the other spend-ups. Um, and then the mid-range guys, you got Maxi and Harris. They're kind of just their filler plays. I feel like most of the field is going to go stars and scrubs in a slate like this because outside of Boston, the other three teams are really star heavy. Like for Philadelphia, it's Harden, it's Embiid. For Phoenix, it's clearly Booker and KD. And for Denver, it's clearly Jokic and Jamal Murray. For Boston, yes, you know, you have Tatum and Brown as the top guys, but you have other guys like Brown, what's smart and Brogdon that can step up and white. Um, so they're a little bit more balanced as opposed to the other three teams on the slate. Um, so Harris, Maxi will be low owned. They're just filler plays. You go to those guys for ownership purposes uh, to try to make your lineup different. DeAnthony Melton was way over owned last slate because he went for four steals and a block. The people that chase were severely punished. He's always one that kind of comes down to ownership for me. What I'm going to do with DeAnthony Melton. Like he was like 50% last slate. So like I'm not playing Melton at 50%. Now, if everyone hops off because of that game where he got in four fouls and didn't do anything, and now he's going to be low-owned, then I'm fine buying back in. So with what I'm going to do with Melton kind of comes down to ownership. Um, and then P.J. Tucker's 3-7. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting, but he'll probably play 25-ish minutes. Um, Paul Reed will play the backup five. I mean, he played six minutes last game. And then he did get some Niang. Um, no McDaniels in the rotation last game. 19 minutes for Niang. At 3-1, like, I would put Niang kind of in that category of, like, I don't know, TJ Warren, Terrence Ross, just like dart throws. But these guys are going to be popular. They're going to get ownership because what is the field going to do? Most of the field is going to jam three stars in on this slate, right? And how are you going to jam three stars in? We're going to have to play a guy like Niang. You're going to have to play a guy like TJ Warren or Terrence Ross, right? You just, you have to. So um, that is what a majority of the field will do. So if you go a little bit more balanced in a slate like this, you're definitely going to have a unique lineup. Now, on the Boston side, you got Tatum at 9-6, Brown at 7-9. I would say both are more contrarian spend-ups again. Um, I, I don't think either of these guys will be popular. Um, you know, projections had Tatum uh, higher owned than the Suns guys last slate. I told everyone, I was like, that's not going to be it. That's just not going to be correct. I can almost guarantee you the Suns guys will be more popular. And Tatum came in at like 15%, and the Suns guys are chalk. So, um, again, the stars in this first game are going to be low owned. So, that is the positive of you're going to get nice leverage with these guys. Like, I don't think any of them will be popular. Um, but yeah, if you want to play 9-6 Tatum, I mean, he hasn't really shot the best, but like this guy has clearly a high ceiling. Jalen Brown, 7-9, he's been a little bit quiet, but is sub-8K. I think he'll be pretty low-owned. Where you're going to get some ownership, though, for Boston, in my opinion, is going to be this range. Guys like Horford, Brogdon, Smart, Derek White, they really condensed their rotation. Um, Robert Williams' minutes went down. He only played 14 minutes last game. Grant Williams' minutes went down. He only played 12 minutes last game. So... You're going to get a lot of run for these mid-range guys. Horford should see low 30s minutes. I think he's a pretty safe play if he can stay out of foul trouble. I think Brogdon and Smart are both good options. You should see, I don't know, 25 to 30 minutes from Brogdon, probably mid-30s minutes from Marcus Smart. So I like a lot of the Boston guards. And then Derek White um, probably sees around 30 minutes as well. Now, once again, it's going to come down to ownership. I told everyone, I was like, all right, if I had to pick one of these Boston guards straight up in tournaments, it would be Brogdon because Brogdon was coming in at half the ownership of Derek White. Well, what happened? Derek White ended up being the most popular player in the slate. No one played Brogdon, and Brogdon absolutely smashed. And it's basically my same breakdown again. Well, not no one played it, but like Brogdon was like 20% and White was like 50%. I like to over-exaggerate a little bit on this channel. Um, but so here's my breakdown with these guards once again in tournaments. I'm going to prefer if I... 
disregarding the rest of my lineup, right? Disregarding the rest of my lineup. If I'm just thinking about it, all right, well, what Boston Guard do I want to play in tournaments? I want to play whoever the lowest owned one is. So if the lowest owned one's going to be Brogdon again, then I want to play Brogdon. If the lowest owned one's going to be Derek White because he's really struggled recently, then I'm going to play Derek White. Right? So like, I want to play whoever's the lowest owned in this group. I think Marcus Smart's your safest bet. I think he's your safest. I think he plays mid-30s minutes if he stays out of foul trouble. Um, and then Brogdon, White, been a little bit up and down. Brogdon play, been playing a lot better of late, but that doesn't mean that Derek White can't have a good game. And we know that recency bias plays in effect. So we'll see. Derek White's been really popular the last couple of sites because of the shooting guard eligibility. I'm curious if, we, if he will be popular again after like three straight bad games. And then, I mean, Rob Williams. So here's the thing with Robert Williams. I actually like him in tournaments. I played him a low ownership last night and was severely punished. Lowest minutes so far in the postseason because no one runs worse than me. Everyone knows that. Um, I mean, it was proof tonight, right? Proof is in the pudding. I finally play light. Literally almost won $100,000. It's like, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but with Robert Williams, here's the thing. He's an over a fantasy point per minute guy. Who is defending Joel Embiid? It's Al Horford. We know Joel Embiid's good at drawing fouls. What happens if Horford gets in foul trouble? Robert Williams is coming in, right? So don't just X out Robert Williams. I know the minutes are ticking down, but he's still an interesting tournament play for me because there's ways he can get there. Two ways, in my opinion. One, he plays really well off the bench, and maybe they play him low 20s minutes. If that's the case, he can blow the salary out of the water. Like, if he just plays really well, I would not be shocked if he see a good run for... Like, in game one, Rob Williams played 20 minutes. So he could just play well off the bench, or you get Al Horford massive foul trouble, and Rob Williams could have get extended. So he's an interesting tournament play for me. Sub-4K as well. And then Grant Williams, again, his minutes tick down. Um, he's kind of in the same category of Niang and Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren. These guys are going to get ownership because the field is going to jam three stars. And then the late game. But I think most of the ownership is actually going to come from this game because, well, no Chris Paul. You know where the offense is running. It's Booker. It's KD. These guys are going to play 45 minutes if they stay out of foul trouble. Devin Booker, man. I mean, I'm not a big Booker guy. I'm really not, but I got to give him credit. He has been playing out of his mind. In the playoffs, literally an insane run here for Devin Booker. Him and KD are doing absolutely everything for the team. They're going to play massive minutes. Um, I really like both Suns spend ups, but again, I have a feeling the field will as well because most of the field, what are they going to do? They're going to play three stars from this late game. Um, but yeah, it's hard not to like Booker and Durant, even at 10 1 and 10K. I still really like them. Now, another really interesting leverage spot here for tournaments. Is DeAndre eight and a five six? No, I know, right? I know he has really not been good. Been getting in foul trouble every game. That doesn't mean though he can't do this, right? That doesn't mean he can't go forty. And what is the field going to do tomorrow? They are going to absolutely slam Jock Lando because he's played twenty minutes back to back games. Now I will give him credit. Jock Lando has played well. But I have a feeling he's going to be way over-owned in tournaments tomorrow. Like, of these punt plays, I think he's going to be by far the highest-owned of the Yang, Warren, Grant Williams, TJ, like, all, all those guys. Landell's going to be the most popular. What happens? Let me ask you this. What happens if DeAndre Ayton doesn't get in foul trouble or actually has, oh, I don't know, a decent game instead of playing awful? What happens there? He played 35 minutes. 
he does, could smash and no ownership because most of the fields he'd be playing Jock Lando. And if Aiton stays out of foul trouble and plays well, I would not be surprised if he plays like mid-30s minutes. It's very much on the table, even though he's really not played well recently. It doesn't mean he's going to continue to not play well. So I think DeAndre Aiton's a really interesting leverage spot on this slate. Um, I think he's going to be low-owned. I think majority of the field will jam Jock Landell, who I think is someone you play in a cash game setting right um, at this price point. Um, he's going to back up Aiton. And he's been solid. I still think though there's like an outside chance to like if Lando really struggles in his first shift, they can pull the plug. They they did that with Biombo, right? Biombo was the backup center for a while in the Clippers series. Then Biombo had one bad shift, pulled the plug. They went to Lando. So like, right? There's there's outs here to get away with the Lando fade, right? Um, and that's just me assuming. Right? We don't have any ownership out. This is mid twelve thirty at night. I'm making this video, but I'm. I can almost guarantee you you're gonna you're gonna have Lando be very popular tomorrow. And then you got campaign at 4-9. Back to back, just not the best shooting games from him. 30 and 25 minutes. I think you see 25 to 30 minutes from him. I don't think he's gonna be that popular. He's been shocked back-to-back slates, and he's been bad back-to-back slates. But that doesn't mean he'll continue to shoot like 20% from the field. If campaign shoots well, he could play 30 plus minutes. So I think he's interesting. And then you just throw this group of value. Doable, right? And they're going to go with the hot hand of Shamit, Warren, of Okoji, of Terrence Ross. I still think it's firmly on the table that you could see like Damian Lee dusted off or a couple minutes from Tory Craig too. Like the Suns are going to go with the hot hand. But what happened last game? Everyone played TJ Warren, right? Everyone played him because he played 26 minutes last game. And I said, hey, give me Terrence Ross at a fraction of the ownership. I played Ross. Ross outscored him at low ownership. So it's just my same exact breakdown again. Now, if, if Shamit's going to be popular tomorrow because of the last game, I'm just not going to play Landry Shamit. Okay? He's not going to shoot six of nine again from the field, most likely. So it's Shamit, it's a Koji, it's Warren, it's Ross. Here's my breakdown in tournaments. If one of those guys is going to be pretty popular, there's no way I'm playing them. I'm just not going to do it. I, if I'm going to play one of these Suns value, I would rather play a lower-owned option. So everyone jam Shamit, I'm going to play Warren. If people are going to write back to Warren again, I'm going to play Ross. If no one's going to play a Koji, I'm fine firing him up and hoping he just has a good game in the starting lineup. Okay? So that's my breakdown with the Suns' wings. Of they're going to go with the hot end. I absolutely do not want to play whoever's the chalk of that group in turn. And then finally, Denver. So, I mean, what else is there? Like, Nikola Jokic, man. Just insane. 80, 73, 80, and 76 fancy points in four of the last five games. The one game he went sub-70 fancy points was this massive blowout in game one. So, I mean, it's hard not to like Jokic, even at the price point. It's hard not to like Jamal Murray, too. Literally, the whole offense are these two, are Murray and Jokic. So, I really like both. Um... I mean, obviously, I prefer Jokic if we can get to him, but um, might be a little bit easier to get to Murray factory and salary. I think both will be popular, and I think they should be. The mid-range, there's just not going to be a lot of ownership in the mid-range on the slate because everyone's going stars and scrubs. But, you know, Gordon, reasonable filler play, as is Michael Porter Jr. Can we just talk about this, man? Can we just talk about this? I told We went over that, like, a few slates ago, man. No one played Michael Porter Jr. I had the nuts 
And everyone went to either eat the chalk with Aiton or they eat the chalk with Aaron Gordon. I was the only one that went to Michael Porter Jr. Had no ownership that, that slate. What happened? He got benched. But the next two games, 40 bombs for him. Like if I get that, the game where I play him at no ownership, I win a tournament. It's just so frustrating. And again, more proof that no one runs worse. Uh, but yeah, Michael Porter Jr., I mean, the ceiling's there if he's knocking down a shot. So um, I don't hate him in tournaments, but the floor is low. I know if I play Michael Porter Jr., he'll get benched and they'll close with Bruce Brown KCP. Bruce Brown been a little bit quiet over the last couple of sites. Mitts have ticked down on him. But, you know, if one of the starters, you know, struggle in the starting lineup, like a Michael Porter Jr. or KCP, they have closed games with Bruce Brown. And then KCP's 4-3. Um, I think we see mid-30s mitts from him. He really hasn't done a ton, but at least he's out there. And he's cheap. So, like, we just talked about a lot of value plays that have absolutely no confidence in their minutes. Well, KCP, I'm pretty confident, will play probably at least 30 minutes. So, I know he's a little bit more expensive, but, like, I do like KCP. Um, I feel pretty good about him um, for value. And then Jeff Green's 3-2. Throw in the same exact category of those guys we just talked about with the Suns wings. Christian Brown's 3-1. Um, his minutes have ticked down. I would rather take the shot in Green, I guess, if I had to. And I would not even be shocked. There's been some speculation. Maybe someone gets dusted off here for Denver. Um, there's been talks about possibly some Peyton Watson, maybe a little Reggie Jackson, maybe some Zeke Naji. I mean, the bench has not been good, so I'm not going to do it. But I think there's a, there is a chance that one of these guys get, gets dusted off for Game 5. That's going to do it for the video, guys. Um, as always, I appreciate you guys for watching. Hope you have a great night. And uh, yeah, make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell if you do enjoy. We'll see you all in the next video.